What can you expect from an experienced financial advisor? Are all advisors alike? And will the right advisor really make a positive difference? Your Financial Journey is a podcast brought to you by Providence Wealth Advisors, LLC, a wholly owned affiliate of Providence Bank and Trust. In this series, members of the PWA team discuss the importance of planning, relevant developments, and investment strategies geared to help you achieve your wealth management goals and to provide you with experience, guidance, and support every step of the way. Welcome. I am Doug DeGroote from Providence Wealth Advisors. On this podcast, we're going to discuss some basic ideas regarding Social Security retirement benefits. I have with me today Brian Granado, who is also with Providence Wealth Advisors and the Providence Bank Trust Department. Welcome, Brian. Thanks for having me on the podcast, Doug. Glad to have you here. Um, Brian, as we both know, along with our fellow Providence Wealth Advisors colleagues, Social Security issues in general are probably one of the most common questions we receive from clients or prospects. In fact, I'd go so far as to say, I think we could run a series on different topics within Social Security. But for today's podcast, we're going to focus in on some general high-level thoughts. Yes, hopefully we can uh, touch on some of the key issues people need to be aware of as they consider their individual circumstances and filing for Social Security benefits. This is certainly a topic with many tentacles, so uh, we'll try to give everyone the Cliff Notes version. Yeah, I agree, Brian, because it it can get confusing. So, Brian, let's get right into it. As most of our listeners may be aware, Social Security benefits are a major source of income for most people. Your benefit is based upon the number of years you have worked and the amount you have earned during those years. We're going to touch on that, but when you take your benefits or the timing of those benefits will also affect the size of your benefit. Yeah, Doug, uh, and maybe before we go much farther, it's worth noting that uh, to all our listeners that they can go to www.ssa.gov for some important and detailed information that may assist them in that process. Um, You can sign up for an individual account if you haven't done so already to view um, your individual situation. Yeah, thank you, Brian. That's that's a great uh, tip. Um, So let me just start... uh, right out of the gate with how are benefits determined? So when you work and pay social security taxes, and for those of you that still look at their pay stubs, it's called FICA, you earn social security credits. So you can earn up to four credits each year and you need at least 40 credits, or let's call it 10 years of work to be eligible for retirement benefits. So, Brian, maybe you can use this information to outline to our listeners how benefits are computed. And again, I would note this is where things can really start to get confusing. Thanks, Doug. That's a good segue. The Social Security Administration calculates your primary insurance amount, or PIA, upon which your retirement benefit will be based using a formula that takes into account your 35 highest earning years. At your full retirement age, you'll be entitled to receive that amount. This amount is known as your full retirement benefit. Because your retirement benefit is based on your average earnings over your working career, if you have some years of no earnings or low earnings, your benefit amount may be lower than if you already work consistently. 
Your age at the time you start receiving benefits also affects your benefit amount. Although you can retire as early as 62, the longer you wait to begin receiving your benefit, which is up to the age of 70, the more you receive each month. Doug and I will touch on that shortly in a bit more detail. And you can estimate your retirement benefit by using the benefit calculators available on the SSA's website, which again is www.ssa.gov. You could also sign up for a My Social Security account so that you can review your online Social Security statement. Your statement does contain a detailed record of your earnings as well as estimates of retirement, survivor, and disability benefits. If you're not registered for an online account and you're not yet receiving benefits, you'll receive a statement in the mail every year starting at the age of 60. As Doug mentioned, the Social Security website is a good resource and provides a lot of information as you begin planning your application for benefits. I'll also mention you could run your own life expectancy numbers on www.longevityillustrator.org, which can produce eye-opening results. It's based on math and science and not feelings, so feelings on longevity are almost always wrong. So with that, Doug, did you want to discuss retirement age? Yeah, let me touch on that, Brian. And again, we're, we're, gonna, we're trying to keep this high level. Um, there's a lot of, of numbers that we're going to be talking about, which is hard to, to, to visualize when you're, when you're listening on a podcast. That's why we keep pointing you to these different websites. And we're going to get into that longevity issue here in a minute. And that is certainly part of this process as well, as Brian said. So let's start with the retirement age. Um, and then we're going to delve back into what Brian was talking about a little bit about longevity. But right now, the, the Social Security Administration has has different uh, full retirement ages depending on when you were born. So your benefit for your full retirement age uh, varies depending on you were born. So again, I'm going to try to keep this high level. So let me just say this. If you were born before 1954, so anytime before 1954, your full retirement age is 66 right now, Okay. If you were born 1960 or later, your full retirement age is 67. In between the years 1954 and 1960, it's kind of a sliding scale. You, you, every year, you kind of move up two months to the full retirement age. But that's basically it right now. Anywhere between 66 and 67 is your full retirement age. So if you retire, before your, your full retirement age, you, you will receive reduced benefits. That's the way the system works. And again, we're going to point you back to that website, www.ssa.gov. That'll help you. But very briefly, I'd like to throw it over to you, Brian, to talk about that in a little more detail as to how this early retiring works. So you can begin receiving Social Security benefits before your full retirement age, which is as early as 62. However, if you begin receiving benefits early, your Social Security benefit will be less than if you wait until your full retirement age to begin receiving benefits. Your retirement benefit will be reduced by a fraction for every month between your retirement date and your full retirement age. This reduction is permanent. You won't be eligible for a benefit increase once you reach full retirement age. However, 
even though your monthly benefit will be less, you might receive the same or more total lifetime benefits as you would have you had waited until full retirement age to start collecting benefits. That's because even though you'll receive less per month, you might receive benefits over a longer period of time, potentially. I'll emphasize potentially. Doug and I will touch on that as well momentarily. It does work the other way as well if you opt to take your benefit later. Doug, maybe you want to elaborate a bit further on that point. That's perfect, Brian. I will. So you have outlined what happens if you go early. So if you go early, you can you can actually retire, just as Brian said, at 62, there's a reduced benefit. However, you can delay your benefits. So let's just talk about, again, we talked about that full retirement age. Let's make it easy and just assume the full retirement age is 67. You can elect to delay your benefits as long as three years after your full retirement age. So that means if your 67 was your, your full retirement age, you could actually defer till age 70. What does that mean? You will receive an increase in the amount of your normal full retirement age benefits of 8% a year. Now there's a monthly calculation to that, so it doesn't have to be exactly one, two, and three years. That's where we don't wanna get so complex in this discussion, but for, for all practical purposes, you can delay your retirement, if you will, delay um, electing to receive your benefits and you'll receive an 8% increase every year. So let me, with that said, Brian kind of outlined uh, what would happen if you went early. I touched a little bit on what went, what would happen if you deferred. So let me just kind of give you a hypothetical example that, that Brian and I put together. So if you're, I'm going to go back again. If your full retirement age is age 67, um, let's just say your benefit um, would have been, uh, let's call it $2,000 um, a month. Okay, at age 67. If you would have taken or elected to take your benefits early at age 62, running through the calculations uh, that uh, under Brian's outline that he gave, if you would go early, your monthly benefit would be about $1,400 a month. And again, that that is, it's not like an all or one thing. You could actually uh, elect to retire early at 63. It would be a little bit higher. There's actually a scale from 62 to 67 in this case, but $1,400 at age 62, $2,000 at age 67. Now, using the methodology that I just outlined, if you defer your retirement, your benefits at age 70 in that scenario would actually be around $2,500 a month. So you can see there's a wide range uh, uh, between the, the lowest and the highest. And again, it just depends on that timing issue um, that we touched on. So with that said, you know, we hear a lot, Brian, about people working, uh, you know, how does it affect if I'm working during retirement or receiving benefits? Um, what if what if you kind of touch on that topic for us? Yes, uh, yeah, it's a good idea, Doug. So, you know, while you work, um, you can work and still receive Social Security time benefits, but the income you earn before you reach full retirement age may temporarily affect your benefit. And, and here's how. And again, just trying to keep it simple and uh, very basic. If you're, if you're under full retirement age for the entire year, $1 of your benefit will be withheld for every $2 you earn 
over the annual earnings limit. And that earnings limit for 2023 is $21,240. Now there's a higher earning limit applies in the year you reach full retirement age. And the calculation is different too, which is $1 of your benefit will be withheld for every $3 you earn over 56,520 for year 2023. So as you can see, the closer you get to that full retirement age, you have a little bit more latitude. But once you reach full retirement age, you can work and earn as much income as you want without reducing your Social Security retirement benefit. And keep in mind that if some of your benefits are being withheld prior to your full retirement age, you'll generally receive a higher monthly benefit at full retirement age because after retirement age, the Social Security Administration recalculates your benefit every year and gives you credit for those withheld earnings. So not all is lost. That's great, Brandon. I know it might be hard for our listeners to follow that. Again, lots of numbers when you're not looking at them, but um, again, just kind of important things to keep in mind um, as our, our listeners go through this process. And again, you can always access that, that website and it'll give you more detailed information. Um, one thing, I guess, that uh, kind of as a follow-up to Brian's comments that that I'd like to touch on on the benefits is it's very important to know that your spouse or other family members can receive a monthly benefit that is as much as 50% of your benefit. Now, there's a variety of individuals that or classes of individuals, if you will, that could fall under this category, including a spouse a former spouse even, um, children, dis- disabled children, et cetera. And we, this is where we could run a separate podcast just on this sh- that issue uh, or this particular issue. So we're not going to go into a lot of detail other than to say it's important to note as we talk about strategies. Um, and I'll actually use that, Brian, as a, as a segue into, into talking about some strategies um, and, and when I should take my benefits, a question we get asked all the time, you know, or even when should my spouse take their benefits? So unfortunately, there's no easy answer to these questions. Um, there are things you can keep in mind, uh, all related to the prior comments we've already discussed. And, you know, as Brian's already mentioned, health, potential family history, and how that relates to your potential life expectancy needs to be factored in. Okay, so let me go back to our example on on benefits. Let's say your full retirement age benefits are $2,000 a month at age 67. As we noted, if you take it early at age 62, you'll receive about $1,400 a month. So what does that mean? Kind of computing out at age 80, you, have, you would have received in those benefits about $300,000. And by the way, that's not taking into account any inflation increases because Social Security is increased annually depending on the inflation rate. So we're trying to negate that out of the equation. But what if you had waited to age 67? That's where you would have received $2,000 a month in benefits. Once again, at age 80, what would you have received? Right, about $300,000, about 310 to be exact. And finally, you know, what if you had waited until age 70 and, and deferred those benefits? That's where you're receiving about $2,500 a month. At age 80, you would have received about $300,000. So sometime between the ages of, call it 80 and 82, 
all benefits equate to about the same gross amount. Um, that's what, you know, when Brian, I go through this with customers, prospects, it's, it's almost like it's a, a break even age, if you will. And it seems to be a similar theme we found with, with numerous people. Um, as, as we kind of go through this process of debating when should you take your benefits. So, so let me just look at this on a, on a single person basis. If you think you're going to live a long time, you've got longevity in your family, you're better to defer your, your benefits because as time goes on, you're going to receive more funds. So, you know, let's go back to that same example that I just outlined. You know, so except let's look at it at age 90 now. So if you were at, now you've lived to age 90, if you would have taken your benefits at age 62, call it early, you would have received at age 90 about $470,000 in gross dollars. At age 67, if you would defer to age 67, you would have received about $552,000. And finally, at age 70, if you would have waited till then to take them, you would have received $600,000. So obviously, the longer you live, if you can afford it, the better you are to defer because it just makes sense. You're going to be receiving that larger uh, monthly distribution. However, you know, and if you, if you think you're not going to live long, um, you should take your benefits early. Um, either at your normal retirement age or in the, in the example we used, age 62. And the easiest way I can outline to think about that is if, if you took your funds at age 62 and you're going to die by age 67, of course, you would have been better to take your funds at 62 because at least you would have got five years of payments at call it $1,400 a month. What does all that mean? <laughs> Most people do not know the exact timing of their demise. So, it, so it's obviously not that easy, but you've got to factor in your, your, first of all, your personal financial situation. You know, do I need the money? Can I defer it along with family longevity and your personal health history? Those, those things are important. Now, let me touch on one other thing again, because it's somewhat related with if you would take your, when should you take your benefits? And it's also a question, you know, Brian and I and our team received all the, 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 the time. If you're married, when should my spouse take their benefit? So as, as we noted, a spouse could receive up to 50% of their spouse's benefit if that spouse passes away. So, and by the way, just to clarify, the surviving spouse does not get both their benefit and the deceased spouse's benefit. They, they could upgrade, if you will, to the higher spouse's um, 50% benefit, but they don't, you don't get them both. The survivor does not get them both. Um, but keeping that in mind, it could be beneficial for the spouse that's receiving a lower benefit to begin taking their Social Security benefit early or at their full retirement age and let that higher earning spouse defer their Social Security until age 70. And again, that's all if possible, if, if, meaning can you afford to do that? The idea being if the higher earning spouse passes away first, the surviving spouse may be able to increase their benefit using the deceased spouse's benefits, again, depending on their benefit amount. If the higher earning spouse outlives the lower benefit spouse, they still continue with their higher benefits. So it's kind of there's certainly no loss on their part 
And again, if anything, hopefully they receive some benefit of that lower spouse's uh, distribution during uh, that spouse's life. So that's just a, a quick glimpse, if you will, of a, a couple strategies you sh should consider um, as you contemplate when to take your benefits. Now, Brian, uh, another topic that we get asked about all the time, as you know, along with when, is how are taxes uh, computated on Social Security with many people I know thinking, well, it's Social Security, I don't have to pay income tax on those benefits. Yes, there's a myth out there, Doug, that there's no taxes on Social Security benefits. That hasn't been true in nearly 40 years, yet people still believe it. So according to the Social Security Administration, about 40% of people who receive benefits must pay income tax. Income limits dictate who pays income tax on benefits and what portion of the benefit is taxable. So for example, couples filing joint returns with a combined income of more than 44,000 will see up to 85% of their social security benefits subject to income tax. So if individuals have income from other sources, such as investments or pensions, they'll probably be subject to federal income tax on a good portion of those benefits. And I will mention another myth um, out there that filing decisions are final. Um, Social Security does allow beneficiaries some wiggle room. Individuals can change their minds about filing and withdrawing within the first 12 months of collecting. This is allowed only once, and they must pay back what they collected. That repayment also includes Medicare benefits they deducted from their Social Security as well. So I thought I'd mention those couple of myths out there, Doug. Uh, that's perfect, Brian. Thank you. Um, and as we conclude this podcast, I, I mean, again, we've touched on a lot of topics and Social Security can be confusing. We, we've said it several times on this podcast, we, we would direct you to the government website as your starting point in this process. Um, there's also a variety of information available on the internet, um, or you can always reach out to one of our PWA members uh, for their assistance. We'd love to help you at Providence Wealth Advisors walk through this process. In closing, be sure to subscribe to Your Financial Journey on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Brian, thanks again for joining me. Thanks for listening. Providence Wealth Advisors, LLC, or PWA is a wholly owned affiliate of Providence Bank and Trust, or PB&T. The investment products and services offered by PWA are independent of the products and services offered by PB&T and are not FDIC insured, may lose value, are not bank guaranteed, and are not insured by any federal or state government agency. Investment products and services are offered by appropriately licensed investment advisor representatives, subject to the general oversight and authority of PWA. PWA is an SEC-registered investment advisor company. To obtain a copy of their ADV Part 2A and Form CRS, visit www.providencewealth.com. PWA is located throughout the Chicagoland area and Northwest Indiana. To contact PWA, call 888-927-7387, email askexperts at providencewealth.com, or write to 20220 South LaGrange Road, Frankfort, Illinois, 60423.